My name's Dean. I used to be a ranger of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park located in Northern Carolina. I was guiding a group of Spanish tourists and none of them knew English. Our communication was more than terrible. I left them near a river, returning to base. Two hours go by. I returned to see if everybody was fine and if nobody was lost. We went back to a safe place. The afternoon was turning into night and being there would be extremely dangerous. We arrived, and one of the tourists told me that we'd forgotten somebody, a young woman with a notebook. He told me she was trying to collect some data about birds and insects. Immediately, I went to search for her. I took everything I had before going. I told everybody to stay there, and I'd be back in a half-hour flat. The forest was dark. The insect noises. I heard her distressed call near the river. I arrived there, and she was being attacked by bats. I grabbed my gun, firing several shots into the air. The bats fled, and the woman had some superficial bite wounds. She panicked and fainted. I waited for her to recover, then took her back to the safe place so I can get her first aid. We were walking. She was having some difficulties, even if I was helping her. The forest was dark and suddenly began to rain. As we walked harder, some hours have passed and we had arrived. The other tourists were waiting for our return and became shocked at what had happened. I gave her first aid. All the tourists asked to get back to the city. I told them that it would not be possible in that condition. It was raining a lot, the track was wet, and we would all probably suffer accidents. I told everybody to sleep, and when the morning appeared, the young woman was dead. Her body had more wounds than last night. An old man had some bite wounds on his left arm and did not wake up. His wife had tried to wake him, but when he finally woke, he had a severe heart attack and died. The old woman in tears, the other two tourists tried to calm her down and ask me what happened. After hours of searching, night came, and this time I was completely alone. Five years of working as a ranger of this park gave me the knowledge to be prepared for anything or so I thought. At midnight, I heard a strange noise sounding like a huge airplane or something. I decided to go see what was happening. I arrived and saw something that nobody would believe in my words, giant bats. And I'm not talking about regular bats. These were massive, the size of humans, and what's worse, as I saw them in the light, they were human hybrids, part human, part bat. And they were devouring the body of a wolf with hands and claws and a face that looked like a demon. I panicked, running faster than I could. These things saw me, flying off in the sky and taking my direction, almost trying to catch me. The woods were dark, and my light only prevailed through so much darkness. I entered a small cavern that would provide me ample coverage. I guess you can call it a cavern. It was more like a little outing in the wall. But they were flying in the air, looking for me. They looked like large, deformed black dogs taller than humans, red eyes, and long tails. I shot at one of them, and they came screaming in my direction. I waited for the right moment to run, returning back when I had arrived. I could still hear them flying around in the distance. I told everybody to keep quiet, immediately radioing my boss, telling him we have an issue. He asked that I speak with him in private as it sounded like he kind of already knew what was going on. When I spoke to him, he threw some paperwork in front of me and told me to sign it. 
It was an NDA. He looked at me and told me, this is not going to be the first time you have to sign these. Better get used to it on this job, which is why I have to be very careful with my identity. At the beginning of this story, I told you my name was Dean. Obviously, I'm sure you've already guessed that's not my real name. It's merely a placeholder. I guess there are several other rangers who have seen these same bats. What they are, I'm not sure. Could they be the elusive bat squatch? Possibly. But they looked far more hideous, and unlike a bat squatch, they were not covered in hair. They were far worse. Unfortunately, not always as it seems in these national parks, and many of these things we're told to keep quiet about. All I can say is for anyone wanting to venture out at night, be very, very careful whether you're in a national park or not. I was in Montana in the mountains near Melrose in the Butt area. Me and my buddy had seen a herd of elk a couple days before, and then saw them again along the mountain the next day as well, so we decided to head up a day or to after to since we both had tags still. After a day of hunting and seeing nothing we decided to split up, and he would go walk down one side and I would walk another. We were going to meet back up at the truck. It's about five and dusk is starting to settle in, so I decided to head back. On my way down in the middle of the woods, I could hear this continue sound, but I could tell what it was as I started to come around a bend. I could make out the faint sound of someone singing. I stopped to listen and was sure it was music, but I couldn't tell exactly where it was coming from. I continued to walk and was half expecting to run into another hunter listening to music. I went around a bend and could hear the music much louder. I was 100% sure it was a radio or something at this point. I walked a little bit farther, and there was a battery-powered radio sitting on a downed tree. There was no one around. I decided not to hang around wondering about it and was pretty weirded out at this point. So I climbed over the log that the radio was on so as to keep going on my way. When I got over the log, on the other side was a tipped-over box full of all different types of women's underwear and like half a dozen kids' dolls all arranged in a circle. The radio was an old tape player and had the same song over and over. I sped walked my ass out of there till I was far enough away, then I started running the rest of the way back. It was the weirdest shit ever. I always remembered the song playing, but didn't know what it was called till I heard it again a few years later. It was Skeeter Davis, The End of the World. I can't hear that song without getting chills now, not that I often hear it. I was on shift at the county jail and had just gotten off of a patrol shift. My shift was supposed to end at 10, but I did not get off until midnight due to some court hearings that had just gotten out. I figured that I would have to go get something to eat and then hit the showers before going home since it wasn't worth trying to sleep in a dirty uniform. When everything is said and done, I head down to the lobby so I can clock out and leave after grabbing something quick to eat. There's this big glass window right behind where they make you sign in, so if there's any issue or if we need an update when the day guys are coming in on shift, you can see all over the front desk through said window. I was about halfway through the lobby, my food already paid for, 
and trying to pick up something when I notice something off in the corner window by the lockers where all of our gear is stored during shift changes. There's this big steel cabinet back there, and it's usually locked up pretty good, but it's also sort of old. You can tell if somebody has opened it. It sticks a tiny bit at the hinges. Now, I've dealt with more than my fair share of gear in my short career at this point, so I already know what's supposed to be in that closet just by looking at it. There are two desks, backpacks, tactical vests, and even rifles on occasion. Well, when I saw the cabinet open and the guns were over there instead of over here where they should have been, I got a little concerned. The guys at the front desk heard me asking who was in the locker room. One of them came out to see what was wrong. He checked it out completely confused by what he knew for a fact that nobody had come in since us day guys started clocking out at this time. We closed up shop and decided to head back down until we could figure things out. I would later find out that my other officers had seen a police officer they did not recognize moving things around, which would later be known as the ghost. But luckily enough, my gun was still in its case, sitting on top of my locker. So if nothing else, nothing was missing for me personally, which is a huge relief. Considering each gun gets locked up with its own special key, and there's only like six of those in the entire station. I was talking to one of the guys at the front desk about what I'd seen, the ghost, the apparition, but he did not remember anybody coming through for a while. So he went back down together to talk to the night watchman. After all this happened, I guess he too has seen this apparition as well. It will come in and move things around, everything from paperwork to equipment. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't believe in ghosts at all. But there's definitely something here. Now, our county jail is pretty small, maybe around 40 cells if I had to guess. But it also has an upper level that houses some offices in the conference room, along with holding cells where you could put somebody before transfer or just until their court date. The lower floor houses two large interview rooms, six normal cell blocks, an infirmary that doubles as a psychiatric unit, and then our holding area for everybody else that needs to stay the night. I had gone up there with our main dispatcher and her assistant after talking to the guys at the front desk. Every single door was locked like they should have been, aside from one solitary cell that houses an older woman who'd been picked up for public intoxication just earlier that evening. That just made no sense whatsoever, of course, unless she escaped, and I have no idea because it would take quite a struggle to break out of those doors since we're talking about solid steel. The cells also have two deadbolts on top, both being locked, so you have to do three things prior to breaking through all of them, which is nearly impossible if unarmed or alone unless you can pick locks. The cops that were there at the time had gone through just about every inch of this place, coming up with virtually nothing, which is extremely strange. We're a very small team, and we could usually get a pretty good bead on these things before it gets too far. It was only the three of us after all, and we made sure to check out everything together in case something or somebody had slipped by. We even went over our entire walkie-talkie system, just to make sure there was nothing going on. But we were also noticing we were having a lot of static issues, which is very unusual. The air felt very electric, why? Lots of magnetism in the air, again very unusual. And from the watchman, he always explained how the air would seem to change every time he would see this thing on the cameras. 
this officer ghost. But after searching for what seemed like hours, we decided to head back down and see if maybe something else had popped up. Or perhaps there'd be some kind of clue lying around somewhere that could explain all of this without having to call in everybody else just yet. It seemed that maybe this was an inside job. I'm also trying to think rationally here and not immediately go to ghosts. The only people who had access to that room were either on shift or had clocked out at this point. But it doesn't explain why somebody would take or move our stuff and then not bother using it for whatever they wanted to do with it. I don't know if you've ever worked with law enforcement before, but having guns missing is a really bad thing. If they fell into the wrong hands, there's literally nothing stopping them from being used against anybody, including our other officers. Our vests are also equipped with Kevlar plates, despite how light they may be, so those could seriously injure or even kill somebody, which again is an extreme risk since most of us carry them around everywhere we go. I tried talking to the watchman again, who didn't remember anybody else coming in, but informed me that on camera, he saw the figure multiple times this evening. I just couldn't buy it though. If you know anything about our tiny town, you might know we don't have a ton going on, especially at night, which is why most people end up getting bored and find crime to commit. Even officers have a struggle of keeping responsibility, or they can't handle the stress that comes with law enforcement. I hate watering the idea of this entire thing down to a silly ghost or apparition, or even acknowledging the fact that this police station is haunted, but maybe it's time to open my mind. The night watchman, a good friend of mine, is a no-nonsense kind of guy. He wouldn't make this stuff up. I don't know if he really believes in ghosts, but he's definitely seeing something on the cameras that isn't quite human. Folks, I know this might be hard to believe, but it's what I've gone through. I had just finished up with a traffic stop one night where all I found was an expired registration on a car, which did not match the plates. So I let them off without warning, went back to my cruiser to call dispatch before returning to patrol. This being said, I should have been able to see everything in front of me as clear as day, even though it was winter time and where all the trees had lost their leaves so visibility shouldn't have been too much of an issue. My headlights illuminated almost anything within 100 yards or so, but sometimes things can hide in the shadows of those yards. I noticed something out of my peripheral vision. This is right as I was on the phone with dispatch, so I immediately cut off dispatch and began slowly driving towards where I saw whatever it was, thinking it was a person up to no good but then I saw that it moved slowly and had a long, fluid stride. Despite having no leaves, it seemed to blend in with the surroundings enough that you could just barely make out what it looked like when I saw a large head, two long ears and horns. Dark, deep eye sockets that appeared almost hollow, taken up by most of my headlight's illumination. By this point, I felt like Alice chasing after whatever Alice chased after into Wonderland except without all the trippiness and trying to find an exit. Except this time, it was the one chasing after me. I sped up a bit and tried to keep it in sight, but as I got closer, it suddenly crouched down, and I lost sight of it. The more I go into detail about this experience, the deeper things get. Just know that there is no car for it to have gotten into or jump over any fence. So where did it go, whatever it was? 
but as soon as you stop asking questions is when they get answered. So I slowly circled around the same 100 yards again, searching for anything unusual with my high beams on, on full illumination. It must have been hiding from me somehow. There was nothing except a few stray cats starting behind some trash cans on the other side of the street. I'd jumped some bushes and parked cars, still nothing. So I start to just go back on duty, probably looking like a crazy officer driving around aimlessly for no reason. But that's what we do sometimes in this job, you just never know when something is going to pop out, so better be safe than sorry. I'm about halfway down the block towards my car when suddenly, up ahead of me, which is now being obstructed by tall grass, I see it again. It had been crouched down again, but its head was now tilted upward at an angle directly towards me, and its mouth was wide open. There were no teeth visible that I could recall, and it did not appear to be making any sounds. It would only remain in that position for a few seconds, then it would slowly move from side to side before standing back up on its two legs. It was at least ten yards away from me, so I did the sensible thing, which was to get back into my car lock the doors. But it just stood there, looking at me for a few seconds, until going back behind some other parked cars, trying to keep out of sight. I don't know what it wanted with me, but if you have watched any cop show or horror movie ever, you probably could have guessed what happened next. I got out of my vehicle, drew my firearm. I'm smart enough to realize that shooting them never works anyway, but as I was about to approach the spot where it had been standing, it suddenly appeared in front of me, stopped and stared at me. And dang it, this thing was fast. It did not make any noise, but its wide open gaping mouth, which now I can see contained what looked like rows of jagged teeth glistening with drool. Then it runs away from me again. I followed right behind it. At this point, I just really wanted to know what this thing was. So forget being scared. I probably should have just gone back into my car for that hour or two remaining of my shift. But there's a reason why they call that being stupid anyway. So I'm chasing after whatever it was, and I'm running pretty fast, but not jumping over anything. This thing was fast, like Usain Bolt fast. It did not even run in a straight line. When it ran away from me, it would just kind of weave in and out of any obstacle in front of it, which consistently mostly apart cars or trash at the time. But when you move so much while trying to evade capture, eventually you're going to fall down. Your legs can only take you so far before they get tired. That's what I think happened in this thing. It seemed to collapse on something that was invisible in my headlights, and then pulls itself back up which I'm not sure if it tripped or why it collapsed. Maybe it was feigning death. I don't know. But as soon as it pulled itself back up, it runs into a nearby backyard, which made sense. I mean, all the streets have been blocked off at this point. So I'm going chasing after it to the same gate that is still wide open in the fence. And to my horror, I see another similar creature on my left, staring right at me like an idiot while not making any noise. It too was crouched down like something out of a prehistoric paleozoo exhibit. Its mouth agape, but I couldn't see any teeth. I couldn't help but notice that this one had very large eyes, much larger than the other one, almost like a child or a baby compared to an adult. And then another creature just took off running, while I was still trying to figure out if this creature was real or not. 
or was I simply running after a nightmare? And then a smaller one jumps right in front of me. Out of reaction, I shoot this one point blank in the chest several times, which my gun did not even seem to phase it. It kept on running towards me, and I panicked at this point. Despite my training, I'm now thinking that this is some kind of demon. I did not even bother shooting at it again. The first few shots seemed to have no effect. So instead of wasting bullets, I pulled out my taser and tased whatever it was, expecting it to fall over. But it did not even react. The taser did nothing. Unsure of what to do at this point, I do the only thing I know I can do, run. This creature and the other two gave chase, following quickly behind each other. I made it back to my cruiser and flew out of there. And since this night, I have never seen or dealt with such a creature. But I believe that this was something that had come from deep in the pits of hell. And I know these things are very real. I've thought about this incident nearly every day for the past 20 years and still don't know exactly what happened. I believe I experienced a rip in the space-time continuum or some other less cliché version of that. All I know is that one moment the sky was blue and the next second it was night. We were staying at my grandmother's house in rural Lancaster County, Pennsylvania during the summer. When I was a kid, I loved going to my grandma's because it was so different from my life in Philadelphia. So we'd been there for over a week at this point. I just needed to get out of the house. There was a small creek that divided the woods from the property, and there was a thick tree branch that stretched across the brook, so I could use that to hop over the water, and then also use some big rocks as additional stepping stones. I got over the stream and into the woods. I just meandered about. Many years previous, my brother and I had built a treehouse, so I decided I would go and try to find it to see if it was still standing. I walked about five minutes into the woods and reached the large oak that once held our makeshift treehouse. Not surprisingly, it was a total wreck, and I decided that I'd be foolish to climb up there. So instead, I just started to turn around and walk back to the house. When I reached the creek, this time there was this faint white glow coming from the water. I thought it was weird looking back on it, but just figured that it was probably the angle of the sun or something. I mean the water looked normal except for the edges and the ripples almost shined and sparkled in the light. It's sort of hard to explain. Also, the stream was moving more quickly than usual, but not flooding or anything, so I had no clue why something like this would be happening. I just started to hop my way over the rocks and onto the branch bridge. But when my foot touched the far bank, I felt a flash of light overtake my vision, and I fell flat on the ground. When I opened my eyes again, I thought I'd gone blind. I honestly wondered if I had hurt my eyes somehow. The world had fallen into complete darkness, even though it couldn't have been even half past two in the afternoon. I managed to get myself back on my feet and made my way back to the house. Luckily, I knew the property well, and I made it there without incident. I flung open the door and there stood my mother and my grandmother in the kitchen. The looks on their faces were frightening. I'd never seen them with such serious expressions. My grandmother was on the phone with the police and my brother was sitting quietly on the couch. His head spun as soon as I opened the door I could tell by looking at everybody's faces that they had all been crying. Their cheeks were streaked and their eyes were red. 
My mom then asked me where I had been and said I knew I wasn't allowed to be gone that long. Apparently, I'd been gone for hours. I watched as her face moved between anger and being relieved to see me alive. I couldn't understand it at first because I'd only just walked five minutes into the woods. But they said they had searched and called my name and went down to the creek. But they never saw any signs of me. Nothing. I still don't know what happened, but I do believe that I somehow was caught in a time warp. There's no other explanation that's reasonable for what happened except for something supernatural. I couldn't have fallen or gotten lost because my family searched the area. They would have seen me. I didn't go far. They would have literally had to step over my body if they were in the area of that creek. It's just impossible that I was near where they were looking and not in some otherworldly place. Still, none of them believed me and my mom was always very adamant that I do not share my story with teachers and friends. Since then, I realized that I wasn't alone in this experience after watching various videos and reading other accounts. But I'm still looking for answers. I can't easily go back there to check it out because my grandmother ended up passing away a few years ago, and after that my family sold the property. I am eventually going to contact them and see if I can go back and find answers. When I was a little kid, my mom was out of town and I was with my dad at our house. Our house was on a remote Indian reserve in Canada, and about three miles away was my grandparents' house. Our houses were separated by three large wheat fields surrounded by forest. I don't know why, but my dad got me ready at night time, and we started walking on the gravel road to my grandparents' house. My mom had the vehicle with her. I was under the age of five and pretty small girl. I remember it was a clear autumn night. The wheat fields were a few weeks from being harvested, and there was a bright full moon. There wasn't a single vehicle running in miles. We started hearing something following us. It was in the ditch in the tall grass and in the wheat field. My dad held my hand as he grabbed some stones off the gravel road. He started hurling rocks into the ditch. It would run off and then start following us again. He grabbed more stones and put them in his pocket, then put me on his shoulders. I remember holding onto his forehead when I was sitting on his shoulders, and it was all sweaty. I wasn't scared. I was getting excited every time I spotted that thing. I could see a lot better from way up, and I could see the thing's back or shoulders moving through the grass. I'd point it out to my dad, and then he'd throw more stones at it. It kept on coming back. To make matters creepier, we took a shortcut that was along the forest line on a thin dirt road. My dad started whistling loudly for my grandparents' German shepherd boss. The house was still far away, but we could hear boss barking and moving towards us. Whatever that was following us was still following us. That dog was such a welcoming sight to see, sniffed around both of us for a moment, then dashed off into the field barking like mad. We got to my grandparents' house, my dad told my grandparents. I fell asleep on the couch. I talked to my dad about it many years later. He said after that they had smudged. My grandparents and father believe in the old ways and think maybe it was some bad medicine spirit and pray for protection. Whatever it was, I was the target. Predators always go for the youngest or oldest. 
First of all, let me clarify that this is happening at my brother's house, not mine. The house has been around a little over a hundred years. My grandparents lived there for at least fifty years. My brother and his wife bought the house when they sold it. Every time I was over there as a kid, I felt like I was being watched. The upstairs was the worst. Especially the room next to the stairs, you just feel like you're not alone. Here's what they've told me. Pretty much every single night they hear footsteps all throughout the house. If they ask whatever it is to stop, it stops immediately. One day my sister-in-law, his wife was home alone and heard my brother's voice coming from the baby monitor on the first floor. The other two monitors were on the second floor in my niece and nephew's bedrooms. It sounded exactly like him, but she called and made sure he was at work, not at the house. One night, my nephew woke up around 3 a.m. to see what he described as a dark shape of a little boy looking into his bedroom. He said the boy started running down the hall to the room by the stairs, but when my nephew went in there, he was gone. He drew a picture of this little boy, but my nephew was six when it happened. He's eight now, so it was just a stick figure. The land itself used to be part of a property of a very old house up the road. I'm pretty sure they owned slaves back in the day. My first thought was maybe it's the ghost of a slave who was buried on the property, but that doesn't explain the voices right. Can ghosts mimic the living, or is this something else? What do you guys think?